Good evening. It's good to be here. As he, he I guess he told you my name. And uh, yes, I live in Harrison, Arkansas. And uh, work at Hillcrest Home. I'm pastor there and I'm part of the administration team. I've been there for 16 years and I love it. Um, <clears throat> working with young people, discipling young people, and uh, uh, just serving the Lord there. I'm so excited to have some former Hillcresters here. Kendra Delagrange, Rachel Bontrager, and uh, of course Darcy Martin from this church. See, there was another one over here some oh Lori Hirschberger, yes. And maybe I'm missing someone. Maybe there's some future Hillcresters here too. If you're getting bored in life, uh, give me a call or come talk to me and, and uh, we can help you out. <clears throat> I have a project that I've got going at home, uh, a hobby project, and I was looking at it last night. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be so nice just to stay here this weekend and work on this project. But then I thought of you guys, and I don't know most of you. And I thought about eternity. And I know that the decisions you make this weekend or tonight or perhaps the decisions you procrastinate to make this weekend. I don't even want to go there. But the decisions that you make tonight and this weekend will make a difference in eternity. They will make a difference for you, not necessarily where you end up, but how it will be. But they will also make a difference on where your children will end up for eternity and your grandchildren will end up for eternity. And I knew I wanted to come. I knew I wanted to come. I want to be here with you. And I want to talk about Jesus. Please stand to your feet and turn to Hebrews 12. I read from the New King James, so if you have electronic version and you want to follow along in New King James, that's fine. If you, it's close enough to the King James that you won't get lost. Uh, great if you can follow along. 
Hebrews 12, verse 1, we'll read 1 through 11. Therefore, we also, and we just got done with, with chapter 11, the faith chapter, all those heroes of faith. Now chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons, my son. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You may be seated. This talks about the fatherhood of God and how we can be his sons and daughters. Now, I have sons. I didn't have the privilege of raising daughters. I have three sons. Some of you may know them, Travis and Tristan. They're twins, and then they're 22, and Derek is 15. And I always wanted daughters. I finally got one a month ago. Tristan got married, so now I finally have a daughter. But a father that loves his son does what's best for him. whether it feels good or not. Come we that love the Lord, you sang. And then you sang, I am fondly, earnestly longing for more. More of God. More of his love. More of his goodness. I want to be more like Jesus. 
you sang. And I believe you meant it. There's that desire in your heart. And then the guy came up here and he told us that God is with us all the time. He's right there. He's present. And then the group came up and sang about peace. Incomparable peace through Jesus. And they told us in the next song that all things work together for good. When God's love is understood. I'm going to disagree with the author of that song. I can't understand God's love. I say when God's love is believed. Now maybe you understand that God is love. Even though you can't comprehend it. Then I read the verses and you read it with me. Looking to Jesus, laying aside everything, every weight and every sin, doing everything within our power to run the race that is set before us. Run the race that is set before us. Run the race that is set before you. What's your name? Micah. Micah, Micah, run the race that's set before you. Arlen, run the race that's set before you. Henry, run the race that's set before you. Abigail, run the race that's set before you. I don't know these people. I'm just making up the names. Run your race. You don't have to run anybody else's race. All you have to do is run yours. That's all. Just your race. And it's, you don't have to be fast. It's a race of endurance. Run with patience, King James says. New King James says endurance. You just got to keep at it. Just keep at it. You have a race to run. You have a path to walk. And you're the only person in the world that can walk it. If you don't walk your path, nobody will. And I'm here to tell you, you can do it. You can do it. You are able, because it's your race. You can do it. In fact, nobody else can. Nobody else can be you. You are able to run your race. 
to walk your path. And you can be excited about it. And you can do it well. You don't have to whine and complain about it. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be overwhelmed. You can smile and say, this is my race, and I am able to walk my path well. This is my path to walk, and I can do it. And I can do it with joy. And I can do it better than anybody else in the world, because it's my path. You can do it. I realize sometimes our path takes us to exciting places. Mountaintops. Exhilarating. It is a blast. It is fun. And even this weekend, you get together to make new friends, new enemies. Well, let's just stick with the friends, okay? We're going to make new friends and uh, make friends out of the previous enemies and uh, make friends out of the people who act like enemies. Anyway, exciting times. You're young, you're adventurous, you're curious. Who is that? What's her name? And on and on. And, and, And you have great times. But then you also have low times. And God has asked some of you to to walk some very difficult paths. And you wonder why. Why? Your church, your youth group, your family, you have a path to walk. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's a pleasure, sometimes it's a pain. But it's your path. Some of you are walking your path faithfully. God bless you. You're faithful. You've been walking your path the best that you know how, and you are being faithful. Some of you don't like your path. And you're trying to walk somebody else's path. And it's steep. It's uphill. And you're spinning in the mud. Well, right now it's slipping on the ice. It's not your path. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to walk someone else's path. But some of you are just sitting down on your path. Because as you look ahead, you are bewildered. It looks absolutely impossible. It looks scary. And so you're sitting down. 
You're sitting right on the path. Not only are you not getting anywhere, but other people who need to walk the path are stumbling over you. You're a hindrance to them because you're scared or because you're tired or because you don't like your path or because you don't know where, where it's going to lead you and you think you have to have everything figured out before you take the next step. Or maybe you got hurt. Maybe something in you is broke. Maybe the last time you tried to walk your path, somebody made fun of you. Maybe the last time you tried to move forward, somebody stopped you in your tracks and said, no, that's not how you do it. So you're sitting on your path. And you're waiting. And waiting. Too many young people are waiting instead of walking their path. Waiting till they get a better job. Waiting till they get out of school. Waiting till they can get into school. Waiting till they can find a spouse. Waiting till they grow up. That's dumb. If you're sitting on your path tonight, get up and start walking. You got a path to walk, and nobody can walk it for you. There is nobody in the whole world like you. What's your name? Ross. What's your last name? Ross Miller. You know, there may be another Ross Miller in the world, but there's no other Ross Miller. How many of you know Ross, this Ross Miller, okay? How many of you agree with me there's... <laughs> never seen Ross Miller. No! And yeah, of all the billions of people that God has created in the past 6,000 years, eight, how many, however many, he never ever created anybody like Ross, like this Ross. And he never ever will again. You are unique. I don't know if you like that word or not, but it's a good word. You are unique. You are unique. You're strange. But you are wonderful. God created you whoever you are, whatever your name is, whatever your uniquities are, he created you because he wanted you. He wanted you. He thunk you up. You are his idea. And he gave you your giftings. He gave you your physical features. He gave you your beauty. He gave you your brain. He gave you your parents. He gave you your siblings. He gave you your church. He gave you your limitations. 
He, he has allowed the difficulties in your life. He has allowed people to sin against you to whatever extent. He wants for you and that is your path to walk. And he knows how he wants you to bring him glory. And he knows nobody else can do it like you. Nobody. Because there's only one you. It's your path. And you've got to walk it. All of us question God's love. When things about ourselves or things that happen to us don't make sense, then we question God's love. Does God really love me? We don't do it consciously because we all know God is love. We've been taught that ever since we're little kids. But subconsciously, really, it's a question of whether God knows what's best. And we think subconsciously that if he would really love us, remember Father does what's best for his children? If he would really love us, that's what love does, what's best for us. And this does not seem best for me. I mean, just look at it. But we don't understand God's love. We choose to believe it. And we say, this is my path. I can walk it. I'm the only one who can walk it. And I'm going to walk it well. Let me just say, God is really that good. He really is. That he can make all things work together for good. He really is that good. That great. That powerful. That in control. If you're willing to walk it. You can do it. You can do it. Why am I so confident that you can do it? Did you get the papers when you came in? Okay, I'm gonna put, them, I'm gonna put those verses up here. You don't have to look at your papers, I'll put them up here, but I want you to be able to take those papers home with you. So, either way, look at your papers or look up here. Blessed be the God and Father, read this with me, here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You notice I put in bold the has blessed. It's a done deal. He has already blessed us. Ross, God has blessed you with one spiritual blessing. For that one sin you committed 
he's forgiven you. And that's not what it says. No, he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. It's yours. You got it. You've got it all. Ross Miller, he has got it all. Yes, that's what Ephesians 1.3 says. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Really? That's what the Bible says. Second Peter 1.3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Look at that. It's past tense. Has given all things that pertain to life and godliness. By which have been given. I'm not an English teacher, but I, I know that has to do with past tense of verb. Verb. That's past tense verbiage, okay? <laughs> All right. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. What? You can have God's nature? Me can have God's nature? That's what it says. Through his promises that have been given, has blessed, has given, have been given. Let's keep going. Ephesians 1.19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Now there's the catch. There's the catch. It's given, but implies that it doesn't do us any good if we don't believe it. And seriously, I don't think we believe it like we should. I don't think we believe it. That he has given me everything I need to always keep walking down my path with joy and with gratitude and walk it well. He has given me everything I need to do that. And his power enables me to do that. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. Listen to this, people. The same power that made Jesus, when he was dead, come to life again is in you and I, if you believe it. It has been given. It has been given. It's a done deal. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. By faith we believe and we receive his spirit and we have everything we need to walk our path excellently, powerfully, influentially. Let's see some more. Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Okay? We haven't received the spirit from the world. When we believe in Jesus, we don't receive the spirit from the world. When we believe in Jesus, we have received the spirit who is from God. That we might 
know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now I gave you some references here, back here, of all the things that it, it has all been given. It has been given. But through the Holy Spirit, we come to know it. Okay? So, pretend this is a, a table here spread out and you're pulled up to a table and it's just loaded with goodies. You know, it's got the big chocolate fountain here and there's just luscious uh, fruit stacked all around and there's steaks and there's hamburgers and there's breads and delights and pies and cookies and punch and and just loaded with all kinds of good food and it's sitting right in front of you and you you've got your feet under the table and you're sitting around the table with God's family but you don't know that it's there how much are you gonna enjoy it how much are you gonna make use of it how much is that gonna strengthen your body that's how this is we're so tuned into the the natural and the the, the earthly that the table is piled high with spiritual blessings and we don't know it we don't believe it we aren't knowing it that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God we're too busy doing our own thing for God has not given us a spirit of fear but has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But as many as received him, read that with me, here we go. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Believe in Jesus. Believe in his provision. Believe in what he has given. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. You've got everything you need to walk your path well. You've got it. You've got it all. You have God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got what it takes. You have the Holy Spirit. You have Christ in you. You, Ephesians 2 says, you hath he quickened. In other words, you, he has made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's made you alive. He's given you life. He's given you a name. He's given you an identity. He's given you a uniqueness, a unique path. He's given you everything. He gives grace. He gives infinite grace. His grace never runs out. His love is infinite. He, he has unconditional acceptance of you. Unconditional love towards you. You can't be so 
bad or so dumb or, or so weird that well, it just doesn't apply to you. No. You are so forgiven. You are so rich. You have your needs met according to his riches. He has given you faith. He has given you the ability to choose. He has given you Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit direction, Holy Spirit gifts, and the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. He has given you his body, his own body, the church. It's yours. It's yours. Are you tapping into that? He's given you purpose and meaning. He's given you freedom. He's given you beauty and glory. He's given you a future. You have a path to walk, and he's given you everything you need. But do you believe it? Do you receive it? When your way looks difficult, remind yourself of these things. And remind yourself that there is a way forward. It's scary. You don't understand. It may be painful, but you are able to get up or to stop walking, trying to walk somebody else's path and to embrace your path and take one step forward with a smile on your face and you will encourage everybody around you by doing that. You will encourage everybody around you to walk their path faithfully. I'd like to take you to one more scripture in Romans. Romans 4. And this is because so many times it seems impossible. What God has called us to do seems impossible. But it's not. And let me tell you a little bit something about God. The, the passage I want you to see here is verse 17. This is what God does. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's the kind of God you serve. So you can expect your path to look impossible at times. Because God is the one who created you for the path, and God is the one who designed which path you should walk. And he's the kind of God who, when things look impossible, or things that don't exist, he talks about them as if they exist. Who tells us this? Well, let's look here. Abraham. 
Now it, it talks about Abraham. Verse 16, uh, well, it's, it talks about faith. So uh, verse 13, the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abel, it's to Abraham. And then verse 14 talks about faith. Uh, verse 16, therefore it is of faith. Let's go with that. Verse, verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. All right? And then the end of verse 15, it talks about the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So if you're a child of faith, you can claim Abraham as your father. Abraham is called the father of faith, all right? The faith of Abraham. And so if you're going to walk in his footsteps, you're going to have faith too. And anyway, Abraham is the one who called God this kind of a person. Uh, verse 17 then, it says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And in Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. In other words, the father of those of faith. But this is what he, he experienced with God. God is a God of what seems impossible. You know the story of Abraham, how God promised him children and all that God took him through. Told him, after he had a son, he told him to sacrifice him. But Abraham believed and he walked. That... that that, that walk to Mount Moriah, that, that's just the most senseless walk God could ask anybody to do. But Abraham did it. He took another step forward, another step forward. He raised his knife. Sometimes the path that God asks you to walk seems just that senseless. But you do it in faith. You're going to get up and you're going to step forward. Even maybe with the five-year-old attitude, watch me! Because you're following God and people will follow your example. Will you believe it? Will you receive it? There may be some of you, there may be someone here tonight who has never chosen to believe Jesus for your own forgiveness and salvation and new birth. If that's the case, tonight is the night to make that choice. To believe it. You can do that. You can do it. There may be some of you here tonight who, oh yeah, you can trust God for salvation. 
but you're not trusting him for daily life. Isn't that something? We can believe that God could forgive a wretched sinner like me. I can trust him that he'll take me to heaven. But I get all upset about what he's asked me to do today. I can't trust him for today. Isn't that crazy? If you're here tonight and, and, and there's just some days that you just about can't trust God anymore. He let this go wrong, that go wrong, and this interruption, and this annoying co-worker. It just ain't right. But you can trust him for today. Every day. And trust him. You can walk your path with a smile on your face, with the attitude of a conqueror, with the beauty of Jesus and the love of God in your heart, facing your trials, climbing your mountains, facing what's scaring you to death, one step at a time. You can do it. I'm going to give an invitation tonight. And if you would like to have somebody to pray with you. Where do we go? Up here? Okay. Guys over here, girls over here. Let's stand. And if you would like to have somebody pray with you, whether it's to trust God for salvation or whether it's to trust God with your daily life and you would like to talk and pray with somebody, you do that. Come forward. And then I'm going to open it. If you, you want to make a decision tonight to walk your path faithfully, if you want to confess it publicly, that you've been trying to walk somebody else's path, or you've been sitting down on the path. You want to confess that and you say, I'm done. I am getting up and I am stepping forward. I'm going to give you the opportunity to share that with everyone.